obviously like most people that I could have done more, you know, like I could have been more successful or could have worked harder for certain things. But then that's a very, well, while it does work as a strong motivator for some people, it's also a very like, it can cause people to be depressed or just compare themselves to others unnecessarily. Because there's so many moments where I look back on all the time I've wasted and all the skills I want to learn that I just like, I'm not putting the real effort into. If I'm doing something and I know like something is dirty or like if I'm like, I haven't cleaned something yet, like I cannot put my mind to peace like until I do it because it's just going to be in the back of my mind bothering me. Welcome to Coming In Without Context. I'm Hope Stolsteimer and I'm joined by Dylan Yang. Um, today, we'll be talking. What are we talking about, Hope? That's a great question. Here we go. So my first question for you is, what is something you've accomplished as an adult or young adult that your younger self would be proud of? Something I've accomplished. Making it into college. What did your younger self not think you would make it into college? I don't think my younger self had many hard set goals in mind for the future, much similar to my present self. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is tough. These types of questions, they always put you on the spot. This is like an interview for a job. Um, I think they'd be impressed that I spent a year studying abroad in England because they hate traveling. <laughs> so they would so have been more surprised. <laughs> yeah, they'd be very shocked to, to hear that. So studying abroad in England wasn't so much of a vacation and traveling as it was just living in a new place. Yeah, but, but it's it's still like you're uprooting everything you around you which you are familiar with and you're packing it all up and going across an entire ocean you know thousands of miles and and you have to start over with completely new people and a slightly different culture well it's actually pretty it's 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 moderately different culture like it's enough where it's obvious and it affects your daily life and you need to adjust to it you know yeah I just whenever people um talk about studying abroad in that way like for me there was never any culture shock in Jordan or England and I don't really view it as an achievement. Studying abroad more is just like a fun opportunity where I got to learn new things and stuff. So it's always interesting when people bring up this sort of perspective, because for me, it just felt like living in a different place. And there weren't all these like aspects to it added on. And so when people talk about like studying abroad is like this super adaptable, flexible experience where you're in a totally new environment. I just, I don't know why I can't relate to it. (laughs) I think what you're saying is true to the day-to-day experience of it. Like, you're obviously not thinking about 
how drastic a change and lifestyle it is when you're there because you're there in person and you're kind of engaged in adapting and just doing your own thing. But I think if you take a step back and think about it, then it becomes more impressive because for our new era of technology and instant messaging, everything seems small when in reality it's very the world is very very big and when you ride a plane even if it's a long flight like six hours or even longer than that you're not taking in the fact that you're traveling across half the globe and that there's no way you could ever walk or swim <laughs> that distance i um i saw a statistic the other day there's still like 18% of Americans have never flown on a plane in their whole lives. So like one fifth of people have never done it. Really? Well, a lot of the U.S. is inland and very rural. So like, if you think about it, there's no need to ever travel or fly on a plane it's more of a luxury or recreational activity and oh this is actually what i was looking for i just googled this i thought i saw that 80 percent of people have never flown and then of course all the statistics that popped up immediately online were americans it is true that 80 percent of the world has never taken a flight hmm. which is what i was looking for yeah, that makes sense because, I mean, in the context of human history, flying is a relatively new technology. And before that, no one ever needed to fly. Like, obviously, it'd take longer to get certain places, but you could get there eventually. So it's not, it was never a necessity. And everything, especially today, everything you could ever want is provided for you within however many miles, depending on where you live. Like within a city, it could be, you could have everything you need within a few blocks. Or if you're in um, an outskirt town, you know, you're still gonna have a local market or shop to have groceries and, you know, it, there's gonna have, there's gonna be services for utilities and everything else. So, you know, everything is modular. To these communities now and it's always been that's always been the case that's since the beginning of civilization i suppose yeah i guess taking a flight is something that like i mean i didn't take a flight for the first time until i was in middle school and i was one of the later people that i knew to like not have taken a flight because I remember we used to have to do those like activities on sheets where it's like go around the class and find someone who's done this or who's done that and you'd like write a name in a box and you could only repeat a name like two times so it forced you to go talk to everybody and ask what they'd done and I like they would be like oh have you taken a plane that's the only one I've left to fill out like I used all the other ones and I'd be like no sorry <laughs> so I guess it's just one of those things that eventually 
you have to put it into perspective like how many people have never done things you've done I guess like just as simple as taking a plane well I also think that how we view the act of flying is different because like obviously for our upbringing and where we live it seems very common to, to just be like oh you went on vacation, where did you go around the world? Um, and like you, you flew there, right? But I feel like for a good portion of people, it's it's not even something that would you'd think of, like you'd think of that you haven't done. Like for example, if for someone who lives further south where there is no snow, it wouldn't cross their mind to be like, oh, have you ever been snowboarding or skiing before? Because you know, they don't have access to that. So like, similarly, if you don't live close to an airport or you have no need to travel, it's not going to cross your mind on a daily basis to be like, oh, I haven't flown anywhere recently, or I haven't done this thing um, that I should just try once in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, growing up, I was always keenly aware of the fact that there were people around me who were going abroad and taking vacations there. (laughs) And my family was just going to Jersey. So it was like one of those things where I was like the outlier, but not really in the grand scheme of things. Anyways, I'm going to ask you the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Because we got a little sidetracked. Oh, are there any other accomplishments you'd want to list before I move on? I don't think so. Nothing comes to mind. I'd probably, I'll probably think of something later and I'll be like, damn, I should have said that. I mean, maybe starting this podcast is one of them. (laughs) I feel like it definitely is a cool thing to say. Oh, and, and like, well, like similarly, whenever I say, oh, I know how to beatbox, people are always like, wow, that's, that's cool. But having learned it, or having started actually done it, it it wasn't that difficult to start, you know? So I don't feel strongly prideful of it. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Maybe in in a few years, I'll be like, wow, that was a thing I did. That's pretty cool. Um, Here's my next question. Have you become what you'd wanted to become by this point in your life? I think so. Again, I'd never really had high expectations or low expectations for that matter um, of what I'd become. So, I mean, I don't feel like I'm failing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm doing all right. And I think part of that is just my outlook on the world. Like I I do feel obviously like most people that I could have done more, you know, like I could have been more successful or could have worked harder for certain things. But then that's a very, well, while it does work as a strong motivator for some people, it's also a very like, it can cause people to be depressed or just compare themselves to others unnecessarily. So my like if I ever take a step back and think about it, my, my personal worldview is that you shouldn't chase after those things recklessly. 
you know, it's life is kind of short and a lot of people do a lot of different things and you don't have to do everything. So you should just be happy and grateful for what you have. Right. So I'm pretty satisfied with where I am and I enjoy life and I do my own thing. You know, obviously not everything's going to work out, but as long as things aren't going too terribly, I am content. I think you've reached a higher degree of self-actualization than I have. <laughs> well, then where, what do you think about yourself? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm flipping the question back to you. <laughs> so like you were just saying like people look back and are like, oh, there's so many times I could have worked harder for this or like done that. And for me, I look back and I think those things. And then it just makes me depressed. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the person you are describing. Um, because there's so many moments where I look back on all the time I've wasted and all the skills I want to learn that I just like, I'm not putting the real effort into. And it's just like sad. <laughs> um, I think. I think the difference between people who use it as a motivation and people who are kind of just upset by it is that you need to actually do something in response to it, right? Like, yeah, I'm it's well just, aware. It's, it's completely natural to to think about what you could have done, like your and have regrets, and then just feel sorry about it. Like that's that's a natural human response. But then I feel like the people who are successful and who are hard workers kind of take that and use it to be like, okay, this is how I can do my next steps. This is how I can improve. This is how I can be better. And then those, that's what makes hardworking, successful stories. But then at the same time, it could be just a myth, you know, that we've grown up with. Like, I feel like that's definitely not the majority of people. I feel like the majority of people are similar, more similar to you where you look at your regrets and you go, damn, that sucks. I wish I could have done it differently, but like, I can't do anything about it now. So, you know, I'll just feel a little sad for a little bit. <laughs> um, and that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not for a lack of planning. It's a lack of acting on planning. <laughs> um, my next question is, what tasks make you feel like your best self? What tasks? I think performing when I'm singing, beatboxing, or playing saxophone. Uh, performing to an audience is very well fun and also like I it feels like I'm accomplishing something in the moment like I never get nervous nowadays because I've done it so often but it's like you're providing entertainment and joy to other people and there's value in that you know and you didn't have to it didn't cost you that much like I don't, I don't pay for, I don't buy a new saxophone every time, right? I can just use my saxophone that I have and I can learn music that I already is in my ability and 
like I've practiced and I can perform it. And then more and more people can just take new value from that. You know, like I'm not losing anything um, to produce it. And like, similarly, like when I create videos, you know, there's the production of the video, at least <laughs> where I am right now, doesn't cost any money, right? Like we, we do this podcast on zero budget because it's just for fun and we can record it for free. And then all I need to put in is a little time and, and I enjoy it enough to do that. And then you can put it out there and hopefully someone listening can use this as background noise or just think about what we're talking about and that there's value in that. So I think those are the types of things like inspiring emotion in other people or inspiring thought make me feel good about what I'm doing. Does your enjoyment of performing extend beyond the stage? Because I know you're a bit goofy and sometimes I feel like you put on a performance for people who are around you. And does that similarly like make you feel like your best self or is it just like when you're beatboxing or playing saxophone? I definitely try to do my best uh, to kind of like perform when I'm with people, so to speak. Um, Like not that I'm being disingenuous to myself, but just that I like it when other people laugh as a result of a joke I tell or something funny I say. Um, But that's kind of different because I feel like that's true for most people. You know, when you're hanging out with friends, you want them to enjoy your company, right? And you want to enjoy their company. Like it's supposed to be a mutual relationship. But then it's not exactly the same because in the moment you sort of ironically have less control over yourself, you know, and, and when you say something, you can't take it back when it's face to face. So I feel like I've had a lot of experiences while like I'm having fun and enjoying time with friends. You know, I, there are also as just as many times where I've said something stupid or I've said something that hasn't gotten any reaction or maybe it gets a negative reaction, you know, or like if you tell a joke and it's at the expense of someone else, there's, there's that trade-off. So it's not as controllable compared to almost like a one-way relationship through performing or through making content, you know, like, I have more creative control over what music I play and what audience I play to. Whereas when you're hanging out with friends, you know, it's everyone's putting themselves out there at the same time and you can't undo if you mess up. Uh, Hope, do you have a question to ask Tamor? (laughs) Yeah. So um, we were just discussing this, but what tasks make you feel like your best self? What tasks make me feel like my best self? Uh, That's a good question. Well, honestly, I think, well, one of the things that I really like doing that kind of just like puts my mind at ease, I guess, is like, like cleaning and organizing. It's like, usually like when um, I'm stressed about something or 
I just want to take my mind off something. I just usually find myself cleaning things. It can be like anything, like organizing my table. Like sometimes I just like to sit down and just go through um, like my folders on my computer and stuff like that, or like cleaning my house. So I usually find that, you know, in a way cleaning does kind of help me make me feel like I'm on the track to be doing something better. Cause you know, it kind of like sets like that foundation, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like that. Because, you know, they, they talk about that thing. I don't know why they said it was like an Air Force thing, but they have you make your bed every morning because like when you start the day off with like accomplishing a task, you can be more productive throughout the rest of the day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Wait, that's actually so true. Because like usually when people are talking about their goals in life or like long term goals, everyone's always like, you know, start with something you can do like small, something that you can finish on a day to day basis. And I guess like making, you know, making a, your bed is kind of part of you know, a daily routine, but it is like a small task that you can accomplish that, you know, gives you the feeling that you've done something, especially like, especially long term when you're when you're working on something long term and you just don't have like that instant gratification because you're obviously it's not going to happen in a day. Yeah. So small stuff like that, you know, kind of help works towards that way. I can't necessarily relate. I don't ever make my bed. <laughs> but I'm so messy and it's yeah I actually find that really interesting <laughs> I find it interesting that there are some people that actually just really thrive in like messy environments which is like totally fine it's like yeah, everyone's like different in that sense right you usually find people who's like who are very neat or organized and like if you're like like for me example I, I can't like if I'm if I'm doing something and I know like something is dirty or like if I'm like I haven't cleaned something yet like I cannot put my mind to peace like until I do it because it's just gonna be in the back of my mind bothering me like for example like if I'm like cleaning my desk but like it's been a while and I'm like I need to do this I can't do anything else until I've done it but then there's just some people who are like you know whatever screw that like I'll just do it later or they just work well in that kind of environment which is kind of cool it's the procrastination deep in the bones <laughs> true I feel like I'm in between what you two are describing because sometimes I'll have like tasks that once it gets in my head I can't not do it like you're saying Taymor mm -hmm. but then I feel like for me the being messy is a different thing like i i prefer being clean and organized right but yeah, it's same. not that i can't work in a messy environment it's more like when i have a clean organized environment i feel better because i can i know i can work and spread out my stuff so that it's messy again you know like i have this space it's like that mental really like headset stuff. too you know yeah well like but and then like i guess an example of this would be like cooking right if there's a mess on the counter I'm not, I'm, I feel really uncomfortable putting like a cutting board on over oh. food that's fallen or like a spill, you know, like I, I need to wipe up the spill first and then I have a clean I see. space. Now so I you can like cook. move on to the next step. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. Wait, that's interesting. Yeah. Like for me, like if we're talking about cooking here, like I like some people can just like whip together something where if I'm like using a recipe, like I always am triple checking everything. Like, did I preheat the oven? Like making sure all the ingredients are out on the table and like having all like the measuring cups and stuff ready. So it's like some people just kind of like, you know, go through the process while they're doing it. But I, I don't know. I kind of just find myself, you know, making sure I have everything ready before I do it. I feel like I'm a mix when it comes to cooking. I won't put a tray like on a spill 
Um, and I'll probably clean up a spill specifically, but if there's like flour, maybe I'll leave it for a bit. And like, normally I, I reread recipes and I recheck things several times, but I still like, I'll go through it step by step and do things step by step rather than like preparing everything in advance. So I feel like it's a, it's a mix. I think I need to do it step by step, like prep everything beforehand. Cause it's just so much, it makes it so much easier. But sometimes I wish I could be like a professional chef and multitask, you know, like they do everything at once and they're like, <laughs> it, it all, the timing works out so that it's all, it all comes together and it saves the most time. Like that's what I really appreciate about it is that I don't need to spend as much time just devoting myself to doing one thing at a time, you know, but then that, that also could just be like media portrayal bias where like all the cooking shows have made it make like they're cut. So it looks like it's really fast, but in actuality, it, it takes a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, in terms of that, it's like when you're, when your job is cooking, you kind of just like pick up on a lot of things. And a lot of it's just like kind of muscle memory too. I feel like it's like over time or over the years, like you make something and, you know, you've kind of already gotten used to the process of how to make most things. So you kind of just get into like the flow where you're, you're not really thinking about it. But like, you know, at least for me, if if I'm like cooking something new, obviously like that's going to take time to like really like stop and think about what you're doing because you've never done it before. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's like that time process. You need to like make sure you're stopping, like you're reading the recipe, you're making sure everything's coming out correctly versus like if you're a chef, like you've probably done similar things thousands of times in the kitchen and like a professional environment. So like it's like dependent on you being like quick and efficient and making sure you're putting everything together. Like, you know, if you're making something you've made at home a lot before, you probably don't really need to think about it as much because you've done it before a lot. Like if you're making like an omelet or like a fried egg or something that's like, you know, relatively simple and you don't really need to think twice about it, usually that's fine. But then when you're like doing something like baking or a more complex recipe that kind of requires that thought because you've, you've done it very few little times, right? So yeah. you need more time to like process all that. Um, similar to the task question, like, where do you feel most centered and happy? And this can go to either of you. This is an easy one for me. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Dylan. <laughs> All right, so, so Tim, well, I don't know if you know this about me, but okay. I've, I've mentioned this. I hate traveling. You hate traveling. That's interesting. I love staying at home and specifically <laughs> sitting in front of my computer playing. Oh, yeah, yep. That, but that, I don't I, think... That's something I can relate with. I don't think it's like that doing that makes me happy. It's more like doing that is my security and comfort. Yeah, exactly. Like I know what to expect. There's nothing that can harass me. Well, no, okay, that's not true. There's definitely <laughs> things that can harass me. There's nothing that can hurt me that like I'm not volunteering into that's going to be um, like, I don't, I don't know what the circumstances are or, I don't know what's going to come at me, right? Like if you put yourself out there and I'm thinking specifically of like when my when I'm when I have to go to family friend dinners, right? Yeah. Like I don't know my parents' friends that well and they speak a different language than I'm used to and I can't communicate back fluently. So then that makes me uncomfortable because I don't know what to expect every time. But if I whenever I sit down in front of my PC, I know exactly how everything operates, where everything is. I know down to which apps I have downloaded, right? And yeah. I know what I have access to, you know? So it's just that, like, that familiarity 
that it's really nice to come back to. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And um, I'm similar in that sense too, where I feel like obviously when you're at home, it's like your comfort place. Oh, for most people, it's like, you know, your comfort place, you know what to expect for the most part. And yeah, I also relate to the sense of like, you know, just like hopping on my chair and then opening up my laptop. Like I, I know what to expect. And, you know, there's like, you know, not much that can throw you off of that space, really. You know, it's the same routine. Like I, I open up my computer. Usually the first thing I do is open up my browser, um, open up Spotify, play some music. Like when I'm on my computer, I'm always listening to music. Like that's yeah. something I find like myself kind of getting into. It's like if there's no music, then it just doesn't feel right to me. So I feel like in that sense, listening to music kind of does help me feel centered too. Because it's one of the first things that I do when I'm on my computer is like a boot up Spotify and then just start playing whatever playlist I'm feeling like. Yeah. Knowing Hope, I her, her answer is definitely not what we just said though. Well, what would you say is your centered place, Hope? I was actually, I was reflecting on this as you were speaking, because for me, it would definitely not be at home. Okay. Um, uh, and the only thing I could come up with is the desert in Jordan, which I've Whoa, only that's been like... to like <laughs> twice. Because like, I couldn't think of anything at home or near my home that makes me feel centered or like, like happy for being there. Mm-hmm. whereas like when I was in the desert like it was just so like calming and relaxing and like it was just a completely different experience but then at the same time like as that somewhere I've only been twice I don't know if I can really claim that but that was just like where my head initially went because I don't know I maybe I just don't feel censored <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe like I guess experiences are kind of like those kind of new experiences away from home or like where you find your centeredness like it doesn't necessarily maybe have to be the desert but maybe like that's the most did you go there recently or I went there um several months ago I studied abroad in Jordan in oh, the nice. city in like the capital city Amman and we went to the desert a few times while I was there um but that's not where I was like living <laughs> But it was just like a place you visited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've I've never really been to a desert before, but like I guess I mean, usually like when I picture a desert, it's kind of like intense, like, you know, it's I'm guessing it's probably very hot over in Jordan, right? And it's like, I don't know. It, it's kind of intense, but if that's where you you know, where you're leaning towards finding yourself, I think that's pretty nice. Actually, what you something you said about like not finding like happiness at home. Kind of I was kind of reflecting back on what I said and like Honestly, like there, I said that I don't really feel thrown off, but I guess now that I'm thinking about it, you know, there are like sometimes like, I don't know, like when your parents come up to, or like, you know, let's say like you're like really, you're at home, right? And you're just like focused on doing something or like, you know, you're busy, whether it's like working on an assignment or with your friends and whatnot. And then like, you know, sometimes your your parents just come up to you and it kind of just like ruins that flow. I find that happening to me a lot actually at home. Yeah. So like in that sense, it, it kind of does bother me sometimes. So I, I I guess like to add on to my original answer, there are times when I kind of don't feel centered at home because of stuff like that. I agree. I think I also want now want to adjust my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think the, the key there is that it's not when we say it's our home, it's like our childhood home, right? But we don't 
own it. Like it's, it's our parents' house, right? Yeah. Like they, they've lived there way longer and they, they have literally like ownership of it. So mm-hmm. I think probably the ideal would be getting your own place, you know, moving out. And even if it's just an apartment, at least you have somewhere that you can say, oh, this is really mine. And I have privacy here. I have security here. And then I can move my PC into there. And then <laughs> it's basically the same. You know? <laughs> no, that's actually so true. Like, I just often find myself thinking just like how exciting it would be to, um, you know, like live on your own, I guess, because then you just develop your own agenda and everything. And like, there's like, yeah, when you're by yourself, there's a lot less distractions like that to invade your personal space, I guess. It's like, you can just like, you know, do your own thing and then no one's disturbing you or anything. So and that's in that way, you feel like perfectly centered, right? No distractions or anything. It's your own place. And I think that's probably part of Hope's answer. Like, I feel like it's even though her answer sounds very drastically different to ours, I think at the the root of it, it's the same, like you're looking for somewhere calm and serene, you know, like without distraction, without hassle. And in in for hope in the desert, you know, there's there's nothing, there's nothing assaulting you there because like there's literally nothing around, you know. Yeah. The desert was amazing. I recommend going to the desert at some point in your life. I do want to travel more if I can in the future. If it's possible, I would I would love to travel like different different places like that. And since I've never been to a I've never considered adding a desert to my traveling hotspots necessarily but like now that you talked about it i mean it it does sound like a unique experience for sure yeah oh you go ahead (laughs) i was gonna say like um we specifically went into like a really remote part in the desert because um some jordanian bedouins took us on the back of their jeep truck um (laughs) like basically the middle of nowhere and we slept like not even in tents like just on mats outside um and we were like able to look at the stars and everything and it was just like there was never it was never pitch black because like the moon was lighting everything up and like the only things out there were really like rock formations and like a few other people and like either camels or also trucks um but no one like really around us and it was just like basically space just everywhere from all directions i don't know it's just something there was very something very peaceful about it yeah i think yeah that's interesting because like obviously since there's not a lot of people around then you kind of just like find all that emptiness but i'm you know and you find the i guess the nature of it i mean uh since we live so close to a city we're just like surrounded by people at all times and i feel like getting away from that is kind of nice you don't get like all that you know busyness yeah um and then my next question and perhaps my final question but maybe not is um what are you both most grateful for well honestly actually i've been i've been thinking about this question a lot lately in my own life and I guess the one thing I am like grateful for is just obviously, you know, being like able to live in such a nice area, I guess. I mean, I, since, you know, I live in a pretty good town and I've been thinking about like how across the world, like there's just so many people that 
don't really have the same opportunities or, you know, safety as me. And, you know, sometimes I felt like whenever I find myself like being kind of ungrateful, I guess, like I just like really start thinking about, you know, should I be ungrateful for whatever issue I'm thinking about in life? Because at the end of the day, you know, I have like, you know, the house and safety. I go to school. And that's like a lot of things that many people across the world just don't really have access to. So I guess in that sense, I am grateful that, you know, I have all of that here. Um, for me, the correct answer is that I'm most grateful for you, Hope. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so cute. Oh, my God. But then in addition to that, I will also add something similar to Tamar that I think just more generally like I don't I'm not grateful for any one specific thing but being able to live a life where I don't have to worry about everything that's going on like like Tamar was saying you know like some people can't do anything about their situation and that's really unfortunate and there's not much that we can do for them depending on who you are you can't necessarily directly help someone else who is suffering a serious issue like you know like war I guess what you're trying to what you're trying to say is that immediate change for someone in a situation like that is very difficult. Like you said, if there's a war going on in a country, like no matter what you say, it's it's not like you can just like waltz over to the country and be like, I hate war, so stop fighting. <laughs> like you can't do that, right? But like I, I get what you're trying to say. Like I think in that sense, that's why like long-term change is like something that we're all aiming for, right? Like what are ways we can give back in the long term that we can help those kind of people, at least in the future avoid issues like that you know that's why like politically speaking like trying to get like you know more access to education and like fair housing and gender equality pay equality all that kind of stuff like you know it's all it's all like a work in progress and obviously the changes aren't immediate but it is something that we all should try to work towards towards long term whether that be like you know donating or you know helping out or volunteering stuff like that thank you Tamor. that's yeah, that was better said than I, what i would say well then on that note on Tamor's <laughs> lovely end note hope that's you oh this was coming in without context <laughs> <laughs> Tamor, what did you think the discussion question was in the beginning oh what did i think that the, the question was about i mean i don't know we kind of started off with like personal things like you know like what makes you centered what makes you happy and then we kind of just like moved on to like broader things I feel like like what are you grateful for I mean like are, are you asking me like what I think the question was yeah honestly I have no idea but don't worry it was a trick question we didn't have one Woo! oh okay I, was <laughs> I like... broke the rules we were supposed to have one but I didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was sweating over here. <laughs> What's going on? What am I supposed to say here? Well, that was it for this episode. Um, next episode, we'll be joined again by Tamor, and it'll again be me and Dylan. And yeah, see you all next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs>